We've heard three selections from Scripture today. They've hit our ears. They're working down, I trust, to our hearts. And we, we bring them together this morning, remembering that those who follow Jesus found a way to get that paralyzed man to him, and Jesus found a way to heal him. That kind of adaptation St. Paul knew and used as he spoke in all ways to reach all people, he said. All of which was, I suppose, in one way we could say what God spoke through Isaiah, I'm doing a new thing. Let's think about that, O Holy Spirit, as you move in us even now. Amen. You may be seated. Well, DNA. We've not been conducting a science class the last few weeks. I'm no scientist and not capable of carrying on a conversation like that. But we've been talking about spiritual DNA, or what we've labeled gospel DNA. And that's our makeup. The new kind of makeup the Lord Jesus has given us as we're connected to him in faith. It's true for us as individuals, it's true for us as a congregation, and it's true for the church, all Christians, everywhere, all through time. And like with DNA, we are talking about markers, the parts of the DNA. In the gospel DNA, we said the one big marker is a love for the lost. That was present in Jesus. Remember, he said his mission was to seek and to save the lost. And it's true for us as the body of Christ who've been joined to Jesus. Our marker is a passion for souls. Which leads to that second marker of which I spoke. And that was that love not only adds, it multiplies. Love certainly doesn't divide while a child, as I said, gets all of our love, the number one, but when number two comes, it's not 50-50, or with another child, 33-33 and 34, and less and less love, but God's love is 100%, each and every one. And while it doesn't make mathematical sense, it's part of God's DNA, and therefore part of our gospel DNA. And that is grounded in truth. Truth. It's not just something we make up. It's not just something we think or hope or wish for. But there's a foundation. And that foundation is Jesus. God made it very clear that his connection with us was in Jesus, who walked with us and talked and preached and taught and healed, eventually died and rose again for us. He's the foundation of faith, nothing more, nothing less. That leads inevitably, most importantly, well, not most, certainly importantly, to adaptability. That's part of who we are, just as it was part of who Jesus was. The truth, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. He said it himself. That, in all of this, cannot be compromised. It stands. It's a sure foundation for us. No exceptions. But how we deal with that, how we share Jesus, 
that has all kinds of aspects to it. And part of the principle in doing that is adaptability. To adapt. You know what that word means? It means to fit. It means to adjust. How Jesus fits in our lives and in the lives whose other people who we touch. How things adjust. In other words, there's a given goal, but how we reach that goal, well, there's different ways. The goal isn't just God in general or religion in general. It's Jesus and how we can connect and how other people can connect that changes their background spiritually, culturally, and in any way. Remember, adaptability is a fundamental part of our gospel DNA, but only, but only when it is grounded in truth in Jesus. For, that, for us, that's a balancing act. It's a balancing act of keeping the truth, even as we work with and at ways to help people understand that and for us to live life with it. Perhaps you remember Jesus' sermon. The Sermon on the Mount, is it's been labeled. Matthew's Gospel records it. And you perhaps recall how that sermon began. There were nine Beatitudes. Jesus said, blessed are they who... Blessed are those who, and nine times he talked about those who were blessed, would be blessed. Somebody said he missed the tenth one. And they said the tenth one really is, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. Now don't get me wrong, Jesus didn't say that, okay? But whoever did say that touched on a truth of adaptability. It's like St. Paul put it very pointedly, as you heard read this morning, I've become all things to all people so that some might be one to Christ. All things to all people. That's adaptability, to be sure. So what does that look like? We need to know. What does that look like in our lives? What does that look like as we live with that gospel DNA within us? As Christians. Well, once Jesus had come and done his work, lived and died, raised back to life, he gave his disciples the job, the privilege of spreading that good news. The gospel DNA might be implanted in others as well. Now, as it happened, most of those who first believed Jesus were Jews. But then, As the Holy Spirit led, Acts chapter 2, that spread to all kinds of people in all circumstances. And as it did, more and more people were connected to Jesus in faith. And by chapter 15 in the book of Acts, a big question arose. Those early followers of Jesus were primarily, even mostly Jewish people, as was Jesus. Jesus was the promised Messiah. But there were others who weren't Jewish, who were coming to faith. God was leading them through the power of the Holy Spirit. So then there was an issue for the Jewish Christians, the 12 disciples included. What about those Gentiles? Was Jesus the Messiah just for the Jews or for non-Jews as well? They needed to sort it out. So they had a big meeting. 
the council at Jerusalem. They talked about it. They prayed about it. They searched the scriptures about it. And I'm sure among other things, they read and they rehearsed what the wise men did. As Gentiles, they came to the child Christ that we kicked off this season of Epiphany with. Bottom line, what they said was, we shouldn't make it difficult for the Gentiles to follow Jesus Christ. We've seen God the Holy Spirit working in them. We've seen their faith. Now, they don't have to become Jews, although that was an option in their thinking, but instead there was a way, a way in faith that they could be connected. The leaders found the basics, faith, and they said, here's some ways that they can be those who follow Jesus. We should not make it difficult, they said, for the Gentiles. Well, how does that gospel DNA continue to adapt to circumstances for us through history and right now? Well, I, th I thought of mission work for one thing, and I reflected how in years past, and even today, we send missionaries to other people, other cultures, other nations, and we bring Jesus to them. Years ago, as we did that, we took along our Lutheran hymn book, and as people gathered for worship, we gave it to them, and they sang the same service that we sang. But then a light went on, no doubt by the Holy Spirit, that said, this isn't connecting, at least like it could. And so we began to use cultural elements and use them in the service of praise and prayer to God. And you know what? When those missionaries came home, they brought that adaptation with them and began to use it here in our culture to connect people who didn't relate necessarily to where we were coming from, but delivering the same Jesus Christ. We see it today around us, even right here in town. You know of St. Augustine congregation, a Lutheran congregation? It's for African immigrants. Have you ever been to a service, or I have, being one of the few white individuals in that service, the gospel is there. But the music, cultural music, their music to praise God. It's kind of like what's happening in schools, our own Lutheran schools these days. When they were established, they were for our children. And usually 90 to 100% of the students were our own kids. But things have changed across the nation, even here locally, for some significant reasons. And more and more are from outside our Lutheran faith or even outside the Christian faith. And guess what? We are adapting. We need to adapt to reach them where they are in terms of their culture, in terms of their background. Schools are now a mission field more than ever before. Another example of adaptation is something that's going on in congregations. And that is, while we gather as we do, while we have a structure as a congregation and run programs as we do, many Christians are gathering in a home. And in a smaller group, they formed house churches. And it appeals to different people in different ways, but yet with the same Jesus Christ, where they can know each other, perhaps more intimately, 
in a small group. They can do things differently. They can react to challenges in their own lives and for those in a, in a tighter circle, perhaps. And they are reaching people for Jesus. More involvement when there's just a small group like that. And God using people who aren't necessarily ordained. And they could save a lot of money and do a lot of things a little differently. But again, while flexible, it's the same Jesus Christ. That foundational truth. Speaking of leaders, even in a church, in a home... How we train our pastors and leaders has changed. It's adapted over the years. Do you realize that a generation or two ago, we sent young boys off to their schooling of high school years, and then college years within our own program, and then to seminary, so that a lot of time. And we cut it back to eight years for a college degree and a seminary training. And today, we found other ways as well. Specialized, different routes to be a pastor. Different routes that reach different cultures, different circumstances, and even those who aren't ordained pastors to lead God's people and to help them. We've noticed, and you have too, that other churches use other ways. They raise people up from within their congregation. And they use them as their leaders and set them aside as people to lead their congregations. And I know this firsthand in people very close to me. An adaptation that's important. And, and, you know, to think of another one, it's communication. We find our roots in the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation. And what made that take off was God's word and his clarity, to be sure. But what helped that... Martin Luther didn't invent, nor did John Calvin or the other reformers. It was Gutenberg and the printing press that suddenly, rather suddenly, made the good news of Jesus, the Bible, accessible to many people. Communication took a new turn, and more and more people were reached, being able to read God's word. Just like in our own church body over the years, we used the radio waves to reach people beyond us, uh, even very far away, the Lutheran Hour. And this is the life programming on television we used to reach people in different ways, in different circumstances. And today, we use technology that, that's there, and it, it's a great asset to connecting people with Jesus. Whether it's through a church website, or email, or Facebook, or Twitter, or live stream, like we're doing even at the moment, or, or podcasts. Different ways, adaptations to bring Jesus to people. And by the way, you folks at St. Michael, we folks at St. Michael are doing a good job with that. We're even on the leading edge in many respects. And then there's something that deserves attention in the midst of covid that we've been going through for a year or so by now. That demands adaptation. We have to find, and we do find ways to gather for worship. Here, a little differently with space and masks. Here, a little differently as people are participating in worship today, live stream. We find ways to have our choir sing. We find ways to minister to each other 
and to others beyond us. Somebody said, and you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And while that's not biblical, it certainly is true. And we have taken that to heart and we continue to work at it with it. That's what you're going to hear about at the very end today, about those brown paper bags you saw as you entered, connection bags, a way to get connected with people, a way to have them connect with Jesus' love, our own and even others. All of this adds up to this one word, adapt. It's a mindset. It is an approach. It's a way of living. It's necessary, perhaps even more so today than ever before. God has adapted his ways. He did. He adapted his ways. Ultimately, in Jesus, the communication par excellence, the word that became flesh, lived among us as one of us. We heard in today's gospel reading that not only those who follow Jesus found a way for that paralyzed man to get healed by Jesus, but Jesus found a way. He adapted the circumstances to do the very same thing. And he did it all through his life as he went from place to place and met different people, used different approaches, all to bring them God's love and forgiveness. So, so, so be bold. So try and, and venture forward and, and risk. Remember that story Jesus told about the man, money managers where he entrusted three of them with different amounts of wealth? And he said, go put it to work. So when I come back, I've got something to show for what you've done. Two of the three had to take some risk. And they did. And what the master had entrusted to them multiplied. What we do is we adapt. We need and we can take risks. It's a balancing act between the truth and getting that truth across. Always the truth. But the ways, it's kind of like hockey. You know, my sport. It's said, you know, if you never shoot the puck, you're never going to get a goal. <laughs> you got to shoot the puck to get a goal. We've got to try. We can try led by God's Holy Spirit, to try new things. It's not a matter of win or lose. It's a matter of win or learn. We can venture forth. If it doesn't work, we learn and we move on and adapt our ways. Malachi 3, verse 6, quotes God as saying, I, the Lord, do not change. Well, you know what? Don't misunderstand He's talking about his nature. God's nature remains the same. But the ways that the gospel gets out, they change all the time. God leads us to adapt. Meaning then, the meaning now. A new thing. That's what God has said he's working toward. He said in Isaiah's ways he's going to do a new thing to connect with people. Then, now, now today, there's new things that God leads us toward. To fail to adapt, it's a serious error. You've done well. You've done well. We'll continue to do well by God's leading. Think outside the box. Test and try. It's not about change for change's sake. 
It's not about losing the foundation and minimizing or ignoring Jesus Christ. Not at all. It's about living Christ-like lives and using the power that God gives. All things to all people so that some may be saved. Seek and save the lost. God grant that. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen.